is 17 minutes before the hour here on the Drought Large Radio Show. I see we're still searching for intro music for the new media militia. Steve seems to dig this. I like this. Uh, Steve's good. I remember when this song came out. <laughs> uh, Having aged myself now. There you go. There you go. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. Should we, should we require the removal of his hat? I, I, it doesn't come off. It, no, I, I don't know. I, I might have a free speech problem with your hat. Oh, come on. Yeah, I know. Hey, this listen. was from last year. Eh, well, you mean when they were actually uh, going to honor the, you know, the flag? Yeah, something like that. All right. <laughs> Steve McDonald, the new media militia. I heard the segments earlier. I agree. They should keep it off the field. And Kimberly was absolutely right. I, I can't just go into work. And most of my bosses and employees are actually like Republicans. So, but, you know, we don't, that's not what that place is for. That's right. Not, that, your job is not, I mean, unless your job is politics, right? Right. <laughs> so, like mine. Exactly. So uh, most employers don't tolerate that. And, and they're in a business where it's extremely important to keep customer satisfaction up. And they're obviously having a problem with that. So they, Yeah, well, given the look at the plummeting ratings. I mean, and they're not just off a little bit. They're off a lot. They are. So speaking of off a lot. Now, here's a neat thing. Now, we've been talking about... By the way, you can find out what Steve has to say about a variety of things at granitegrock.com and all of the news he aggregates from conservative media outlets across the state can be found at newmilitiamedia.com. New Michel, new media militia.com. Oh, when, when I say new militia when, media. I new know, media militia.com. Sure. I, I, I just screwed it up, too. Um, when they write it. So we're, you know, still right. in that stage. Yeah. <laughs> We're waiting yeah. for the things to really kick up and the dust to get going. But, yeah, well, uh, we'll hey, there. listen, I'm seven years now into this radio show starting today. And, uh, yeah, I'm still waiting for some uh, you know, some other people to kick it up. Well, there's uh, uh, c- commuter rail is a huge topic in uh. New Hampshire because, you know, everybody's like, commuter rail, commuter rail. And we're like, no, because <laughs> it'll lose money. So uh, a company, Boston Surface Railroad Company out of Rhode Island, is proposing to run a for-profit passenger rail service. From, as he adjusts my microphone, from, thank you, (laughs) from down in Rhode Island up through Worcester and Nashua is on the list of cities that they want to do this. So they're talking about, you know, the the union leaders got an article out. Worcester to Nashua isn't exactly a known commuter route. And Lowell, they're going to go through Lowell. And so there's, they've got this idea. The, The uniqueness of the reporting is that it's going to be privately funded. There's air quotes there for those of you at home. Um, and that it will be a for-profit operation. So private money, venture capitalists, blah, 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 blah. Okay, good. Okay, so it sounds like a great idea. Sounds like a great idea. You know, Mayor Donchus is all in because he's got this thing for commuter rail. He really wants to do it. This is passenger rail. It's not commuter rail, but it's close. So uh, the union leader reported either today or yesterday, I, I don't recall, that Boston Surface Railroad Company of Rhode Island is in the early stages of planning to bring privately funded passenger rail service from Bedford to Worcester, Mass., with potential stops in Nashua and Lowell. Uh, and the quote is, if uh, I, this is from the Now, Boston is this Bedford, Surface. Rhode Island? Because um, I, I saw that article, but I, I think did, so. Yeah. I think so. Um, anyway, so if Nashua provided a station, they'd be happy to stop there, they said. So. Uh, wait, wait, if Nashua provided a station. I'm not really sure how that works. I haven't dug into that far. So but it's privately it, funded, but you have to build a railroad station as right. a public Right, they, they uh, want a place to put it and everything. So. And he says, one of the benefits of to being privately funded is that there is not a lot of input the state or local government has on what we can do. Oh, how often have we been saying that? <laughs> Adding, he can use reconditioned equipment and existing train tracks to help make the proposal possible. 
Mayor Donches said the proposal is an ideal way to help build a stronger economy for Nashua, adding the city-owned Crown Street parcel could easily be converted into a train stop, yada, yada, yada. So uh, a lot of the reporting in the union leader focuses on this. Um, they, they need municipal involvement to secure a loan. That comes up. That's a little mm. suspicious, right? Mm-hmm. We'll get into that in a second. Privately funded, um, but we want public loan guarantees. Uh, while the government wants to stimulate growth, uh, the model is primarily commuter-focused, okay? They want to capture revenues at the fare box. Okay, once again, for-profit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then he says, he said, there is a formula for grant money that could be available to Nashville if the project moves forward. And then there isn't a lot much else about that. Now, July 27th, if you go searching... Uh, Woonsocket, which I guess is where Boston Surface Rail is is located. The very first paragraph, officials from four towns in three states agreed this week to pursue a partnership with a Woonsocket-based investor for creation of a regional train service, a collaboration they say could bring in millions of dollars in grant money for infrastructure improvements, along with access to millions more in federal dollars. So, so, suddenly, this isn't sounding like a private proposition. It, it, it's got a little, a little, a little... It's a suspicious situation. So there's the reason isn't that they think it's profitable. It looks like they see an opportunity to tap into millions and millions of federal dollars. That's public money, ladies and gentlemen, for infrastructure improvements, basically improvements to rail, mm-hmm. right? And probably some stations as well paid for by taxpayers, maybe not in your state directly, but indirectly through the federal government. You know what I would prefer is if they were just honest and say, look, there's no way that operationally we can swallow the infrastructure cost of having to uh, pay to build the rail. However, if the public sector built the rail, we would operate the rail um, without subsidy. And I would think, you know, with sufficient revenues that we could at least cover part, if not all, of the debt service incurred by the public sector to build the infrastructure. But when it comes to the daily operation, the daily maintenance of, of, of the rail line, we'll, we'll, we'll do that without taxpayer funding. Instead, we got to go through all these convoluted, twisted, turned, well, yes, it's going to be privately this, for profit that, and oh, by the way, we have a formula that you can leverage untold millions of dollars to actually make this project worthwhile. And it won't cost the taxpayers anything because we all know the government's just printing money out of thin air anyway. That's right. And they kind of are, but... <laughs> We'll end up having to pay for it anyway. So the leaders from the communities have agreed to pursue the deal. And if it is approved by the municipalities, and Nashua is putting it before their little city government there, Mm -hmm. uh, it could bring in $10 million in transportation grant money annually to be split between the partners. And the municipalities are considered partners. Uh, Bono, who's the guy in charge of the Boston Surface Railroad Company, says the grants will amount to some $250,000 annually, which is taxpayer money. The money would come through Urbanized Area Formula Funding, a program operated by the Federal Transportation Administration aiming to provide operating assistance in urban areas and for transportation-related planning. The money would be a piece of the $4 billion in 5307 grant money to FTA, the FTA gives out nationally. Now, some of this infrastructure is going to be related to rail itself, I would think, because most of this rail is owned privately. Mm-hmm. In fact, all of it is. Um, by companies like, uh, let me scroll down here, uh, Providence and Worcester Railroad, 
which is now owned by Genesee and Wyoming Railroad. Now, Genesee and Wyoming Railroad is based in Connecticut, but they have rail deals in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, Bolivia, Australia, the Netherlands, and the United Kingdom. So now we're looking at the possibility of infrastructure money being used to upgrade rail owned by a massive international railroad. Now, I haven't chased this money. I had had enough time to chase it mm-hmm. to see who's behind it and what, you know, all the things. But um, on paper, they want to use fares to pay for the cost. But when you start to dig into it, you see this huge sum of federal dollars just sitting there waiting to be plucked. And they're going to be plucking them while they're pushing this idea that this is a uh, privately funded enterprise. Well, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> So that's that's your first bit of where where's the real news? Um, <laughs> there, where is the real news? There's there's r- more real news there. Hopefully it'll come out. Um, we won't just get fluff pieces about uh, privately funded rail. Well, you um, know the thing I don't get, frankly, is this whole idea. And and the guys at uh, Dine before it uh, ended up in corporate ownership, Jeremy Hitchcock, uh, chief among them, and guys like Gray Chenoweth and, and whatnot. Oh yes, yeah. They, they they say they need it in order to attract. Oh yes, we need to attract our people. Uh, you know, to, to come work here in Manchester. I, I thought about that for a second. I'm like, well, you're running counter to the normal rush hour. If you get people in the Boston area that are commuting north, they got they're free and clear to sail right over the border, as if there's no impediment to them to do that because. All of the traffic at that time of day is headed south on the other end of 93 and then vice versa in the afternoon. I said, so why do we need to have commuter rail to take people who don't have any traffic on their commute into Manchester? It never made any sense to me, the whole proposition. To me, it seems like the uh, it's just one of those things that, that certain people want to have commuter rail. They want to have this transportation model that's they're, 200 years old, and they really, really embrace it. But they're, they're not looking at – and I would like Republicans to pick this mantle up. Freight rail is the future because everything is leading towards a distribution model. You have your Amazons. Everybody's ordering right. online. Yep. Those things are being delivered by trucks on roads. In New Hampshire, driving a rail line all the way straight up to the center of the state is a disservice to everybody else outside that corridor who can't use it for anything unless they drive an hour to get to it, which right. is stupid. So freight rail is another matter. Think about this. Companies are using the Uber and Lyft model for local package delivery. Mm-hmm. It's coming. You need roads for that, not a rail. All right. Companies like FedEx, UPS, DHL, they all use roads. They use rail. UPS brings a lot of stuff into Worcester on rail, but then it goes on trucks and it comes north. Okay? Right. Even if you put a rail line coming up and rebuilt it and modified it, infrastructured the heck out of it, they'd put rail cars on it with freight to bring it to distribution centers in New Hampshire, which wouldn't employ hundreds if not thousands of people locally and maybe right. from Massachusetts, who would drive. Look at the facility UPS just built on the Londonderry uh, side of the airport. Yeah. Because of all the freight that gets flown in from FedEx and UPS. Yeah, the internet economy. Airport. You know that internet thing you want the government to control? Yeah. Everybody's ordering their stuff online. Bricks and mortar stores are collapsing because all the commerce right. is internet-based. That benefits only from freight rail. It does not benefit. So if you're going to spend infrastructure money, you want roads, you want bridges. That's what you want. Get off the rail and fix your roads and your bridges, and you will watch your economy grow because you will invite these groups to come in and spend money and time here. Right. And as to the, you know, the economic de- development value of all this, I got one word for you. 
Exeter. What exactly <laughs> has happened to downtown Exeter since they brought the uh, the Yankee Cannonball or whatever the hell they call that uh, train that goes through Portsmouth and what what is it brought to Exeter? I, in a word, nothing. I know people who live in Exeter. They're like, oh, there's a train here. No, it's just it's done nothing for the downtown. You know, and now they're talking about trying to get Amazon to put HQ2 here. Rail would be very helpful if they were going to put a huge distribution center anywhere near a huge corporate office. And of course, Amazon lives off distribution centers. Right. You know, and so, you're not just talking. But you're about talking cargo jobs. rail. You're not. I'm talking cargo rail. Right, freight cargo rail. rail. Not passenger. Right. These people are going to drive to work on our roads. And unload boxcars full of freight, <laughs> which are then going to go into trucks and drive on roads to get to the very, very mostly rural state of New Hampshire, mm-hmm. <laughs> which has a good average income. You know, we have the highest average family income in the, in the country. Those mm-hmm. people spend money online. They don't want the stuff delivered by a train because the train can't get to where they live. So that's not where the growth opportunity is in our state, as rural as it is. It's not rail. But, you know... Now we still have this commuter rail thing, not commuter, sorry, passenger rail, which, uh, um, you know, I'm interested in see how it works out, you know, if fares can actually pay for it or if they just end up sucking up federal money. Right. A private business enterprise funded by your tax dollars because that's the way the private sector works. That's right. So you got to dig a little into that. Go do some Googling on your own. See what you can find. Uh, I will have a post up about it on granitrock.com. I sort of teased it over at newmediamilitia.com uh, this morning, I believe it was. So uh, you can check those things out. All right. You can get to either and find Steve's utterances, aggregated news stories, and oh, so much more. Steve, it's always the pleasure is ours. Thank you. Traffic, weather, sports, and a preview of tomorrow's busy show are on the way. We're not done yet. Stay with us. Now, of course, tomorrow, Jim Gannett joins us for Public Safety This Week. Lisa Gravel will be in the house. She's launched a political action committee called For a Better Manchester. Electing people who won't violate the charter of the city and uh, violate its tax cap are among her top priorities, community connections with the Granite United Way, and oh, so much more. For the entire team here at Trout at Large, I am your ever-thoughtful guy, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Until Monday. No, that today's Monday. Till tomorrow. Look at that. I already flashed to Friday. I don't know if there was a flashback or a flash forward, but it was a flash something. Until tomorrow, be good, be well. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. We're proud to have you in the audience. Thanks for being there. Please remember our sponsors. Give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on Draw to Large. It matters. Be good, everyone.